listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of the show. It is Monday, May 18th, from the South Stands to the end zone. You are Locked On Broncos. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You guys can follow me on Twitter, at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the show at Lockdown Broncos and make sure that you're subscribed so you can get an episode of the podcast every single day on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our good friends over there at Spotify for your daily exclusive Denver Broncos coverage. Uh, today's episode of the show, we got a lot to talk about. It's brought to you by our good friends over there at Built Bar. And look, I open my day up every single morning with a peanut butter brownie. I'm doing some DDP yoga workouts to keep me going uh, through this whole entire quarantine. And uh, the peanut butter brownie Built Bar has been my go-to. So you can get $10 off at BuiltBar.com by using promo code LOCKDOWN. I'll tell you about them a little bit later on as the show progresses. But ladies and gentlemen, on today's episode of the show, we switched things up a little bit. We were usually going to do a text message Tuesday. We had to switch it over the weekend to Mailbag Monday because Tuesday's episode tomorrow, we have a very special guest. We're going to have Eric Dalala of the Denver Broncos. He is one of the co-hosts over there, the Broncos Audio Zone podcast from the team, and we're going to have him on here to talk about the Broncos and various other uh, portions and elements of the team, positions, so on and so forth. So looking forward to getting his expert analysis here on the show as well. And so with that said, we're going to talk about the NFL preseason schedule here. The Denver Broncos, they are aware of at least three of their preseason dates that they'll be happening. We'll talk about when those dates are, what to expect, and could there be an NFL preseason. And then we get into our Monday mailbag where we answer text messages and questions from listeners all across Broncos country. So ladies and gentlemen, let's waste no time. Let's get into the action right here, right now. Let's get locked on. And we're going to start off things here with the NFL preseason schedule. As of today, the Denver Broncos are aware of three of the dates that they will be playing a football game, at least on paper at this point. And in the NFL preseason portion, it's always important. We're all still waiting word. Hopefully that once we can open up and facilities around the NFL can open up, teams and players can get on the field and get through some OTA, some mini camps, get some of those on-field reps, start developing some of that chemistry, we know that's going to be especially important for the Denver Broncos, but they're going to open up the week one of the NFL preseason on August 15th. They're going to be hosting the San Francisco 49ers at Empower Field at Mile High. That's obviously always a matchup we see in the preseason quite often. You know, these teams have a lot of history between each other, a lot of mutual respect between John Elway and John Lynch. So, you know, not a surprise there that the Broncos usually play a lot of the same teams every year in the NFL preseason. That's just the way it goes, and the Broncos hoping to get a little bit of a redemption. They lost at home in the preseason last year against the 49ers, and that's a game, unfortunately, Drew Locke broke his uh, thumb in and, and got hurt, so uh, that's what put him on injured reserve. So looking at that as the week one preseason matchup scheduled tentatively for August 15th, and that's going to be an evening time kickoff. Week two, the Chicago Bears come to town, but that week leading up to the August 22nd game, week two of the NFL preseason, the Chicago Bears will be in town for joint training camp practices with the Denver Broncos and that's something that was talked about in the NFL scouting combine leading up to the NFL draft that's something that Vic Fangio wanted and certainly we get to see them once again the last time these two teams held joint training camp practices Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears when they last came over so uh, obviously uh, the, everything has changed Matt Nagy's now you know still rolling around as the head coach and Vic Fangio is now the head coach of the Denver Broncos entering year two for him so Chicago is that week two specific matchup that we're going to be taking a look at through the lens as some of these other young guys on the roster battling for a roster position 
this might be the time where we actually see a lot more of the starters play in the first half of the game. So evidently, we have got our eyes circulated on the Chicago Bears coming to town. But week three right now in the NFL preseason, we know it's going to be the Los Angeles Rams. The Broncos are going to start their road trip, and it's going to be in the new SoFi Stadium. However, this is the only game on the preseason schedule right now for Denver that they do not have an official definitive date. It's between the date ranges between August 27th and August 30th. So once they find out, it'll be announced, it'll be official, and then you can have an idea about where they're going to go from there. You'll probably see a full half play from the the starters the first half you might see them play I don't think you're going to see Drew Locke play a full entire half in the NFL preseason I just don't think that's something that the team wants to risk and so I'd be very surprised if we see Drew Locke play much uh, probably maybe just three to four series total in the NFL preseason I'd be very shocked if he plays a whole half against uh, the Rams in that week three matchup there and then you close out the NFL preseason portion on Thursday it's going to be Thursday September 3rd you're going to be on the road taking on the Arizona Cardinals and that's where former Broncos head coach Vance Joseph is serving as the defensive coordinator for that team over there. So, you know, a lot to kind of break into. I know a lot of people don't like watching NFL preseason. I know a lot of fans say, ah, I don't care about it. But look, I think that we could all agree if preseason was coming around right now, it would be something that would save all of us from the quarantine and just having to deal with not having much to look at. I mean, we got UFC that's been keeping us going. We've got the Korean Baseball League that's been keeping us going. But I think we all agree that we miss football. And look, I love preseason. I love watching all these young guys that are fighting for a roster spot. I love watching them come in. I love seeing them compete and try to make a case for themselves about why they should be on the active 55-man roster, which is what we're going to see going forward in the 2020 NFL season. So there's a lot on the line, a lot at stake for a lot of players in the NFL preseason portion. It's always fun to watch, and one of my favorite times of the year, honestly, outside of the regular season, because then that's when everything gets real. Once you have that week one opener uh, at home against the Tennessee Titans, the only bummer thing is we're going to have to wait till Monday night football. You know, we're going to get football back on that first Sunday, but we're not going to get Broncos football till Monday. So we got to get through a whole entire Sunday, then get to Monday night football for the second game of the doubleheader, the very last game of week one. So obviously a lot of storylines, but we'll play that up once we get a little bit closer, and our hope right now now is that we can get to training camp. I was talking with Mario Vitanzi, I was talking with Nikki Javal, I was talking with a bunch of Broncos media members about this, that we look, we just want to get back to a normalcy. You know, we're, we're doing these Zoom conference calls with players, which is great, which is great and all, and we appreciate the access, but it's just different. You know, we were expecting to be at minicamp. We were expecting to watch these guys go through drills, go through practice, install the new offense instead. You know, it's a lot different. So, you know, we can only get what we can get, but, uh, you know, there's some hope that the NFL season will start on time and that NFL training camp, the anticipation right now across the National Football League is that training camp will open as scheduled. So fingers crossed that it stays that way and uh, our country can be stronger and move forward uh, back to some normalcy. That's the hope, ladies and gentlemen. But coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our Mailbag Monday. we got a lot of great questions from the listeners all around Broncos country about Drew Locke, about the offensive line, about defense, about various other topics. We'll talk about that coming up in just a minute. But ladies and gentlemen, i got to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Built Bar. Every single morning before I work out, I'll grab a Built Bar and then sometimes I'll, I'll make a thing of eggs afterwards. Sometimes I'll go to the office in the afternoon. I haven't eaten lunch yet. I want to avoid spending money. So I'll grab a Built Bar that I place in the freezer the morning of or the night before and I take it with me. And I tell you what, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that I've ever had. It tastes literally like a candy bar. They feature 16 amazing flavors and the bars, they're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft 
and they're easy to chew. And because for me, I'm such a health conscious person, I'm always trying to figure out what I'm putting into my body. I'm always counting my macros. It helps me lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Plus the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. And it's my go-to every single day, the peanut butter brownie built bar. And you can taste it for yourself and the variety of 16 amazing flavors by going to builtbar.com. And you can use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order today at builtbar.com. We want to thank them for sponsoring today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Kicking things off here with our first mailbag question on the text message line 303-529-6323 comes in from our good friend Dallas Jeter. He texts in the question, are the starting linebackers at the inside backer position, are they pretty well set in stone? And if not, does Josie Jewell have a chance? This is a great question, Dallas, and I'm glad that you asked it because I've been hearing a lot of conversations on the social media realm from Broncos fans about inside backer. There was some frustration that they didn't draft an inside linebacker in the 2020 NFL draft, but I don't think that people look at it from the big picture. I don't think they look at it from the sum of all of its parts. And when you look at what Vic Fangio does, if you haven't seen his deep defense, you can almost tell that every player, whether they're a corner, whether they're a safety, whether they're an inside backer, outside backer, DND tackle, they have to play the opposite position. They have to know the responsibilities and role of the other position that is almost similar. So, for example, a nickel corner is going to have to learn the safety position, so on and so forth. An outside backer needs to learn inside backer, except for Von Miller for Bradley Chubb. Those guys are pass rushers. Uh, but what Justin Hollins learned when he was drafted by the Broncos in round five of the 2019 NFL draft, certainly, you know, those are one of the options you look at. You want to look at what can this guy do? Can he cover? I mean, Vic Fangio even had Roquan Smith when they drafted him in Chicago. They had him learn the inside backer position, the outside backer position. He played inside backer at Georgia. He came into training camp playing outside backer. And then eventually, I mean, he did a little bit of both in season. That's what Vic Fangio is trying to do with guys like Justin Sternit. He's looking for guys like that with Justin Hollins. More than likely, Sternit is going to be one of those guys that I think is going to be a dime backer. I think he's going to be a key special teams player for a couple years and then maybe might find himself onto the football field. But I do feel as if Todd Davis, if he is still on this roster, you know, through training camp, I do believe believe as long as he and Alexander Johnson are on the roster, those guys are the two starting inside backers. Now, I do believe that Vic Fangio is being honest when he says it. He's going to look to maybe go with some more six DB sets against some of the spread them out teams like Kansas City. That's why I think it's going to be an imperative offseason here for Justin Hollins, Josh Watson, Justin Sternid to be able to learn that inside backer position because they might have him play some coverage linebacker in one of those situations where they are playing a spread team that goes empty like Kansas City. That's the dynamic of the NFL now. It's spread them out. It's empty. It's quads. It's trips. It's just everybody. you got to have a lot of weapons to be able to cover. I think the Broncos are in a good position, to be honest with you. But, you know, when you look at Todd Davis, you look at Alexander Johnson, those guys, what they were able to do last season together, I mean, they helped the Broncos defense become a top 10, top 11 unit in the National Football League by the season end. So I think that those guys, as long as they're on roster, things are going to be set in stone with them. I think it's going to be a tough road for Josie Jewell considering the competition. If they're going to try to work in Josh Watson, Justin Hollins, Justin Stern, and I mean, there's a couple of Justins on this football team. Uh, but I do think that when you look at the sum of, of the entire parts for this Broncos inside backer unit, it's going to be hard for Josie Jewell, in my opinion, 
opinion, to be on the football field for the Broncos. You know, he had a tough time in 2019 with injuries. He just got dinged up. He had come back into a game, get dinged up again, and just he was never 110%. And so the team could be looking to go elsewhere. And and that's just me speculating. There's nothing, there's nothing of substance to that at this point in time. But I just think that the odds for Josie Jewell making this roster are very small going into training camp, considering that they've already got some young guys that they've been molding and developing. And for Josie Jewell, he really struggled getting off blocks, reading the guards, and biting on play action. It was just one of those areas he really struggled in. Now, he could have a completely great training camp and turn that all around. He he certainly can. I think he's one of those players that has to have a great training camp, in my opinion, in order to make the team. Uh, So, Dallas, yes, thank you, my friend, for your question. The next text message comes in from Josh Gennato. He says, how is COVID-19 going to affect the Broncos rookies from learning the playbook and actually getting the on-field reps. You know, altogether, the rookies, they're taking part in the team's organized, voluntary off-season program. They're going to meet with their position coaches. They've got the playbook. They're going through it, and I'm sure that the players, I'm sure Drew Locke is getting together with these rookies and also helping acclimate them. Cortland Sutton, same thing as well. I mean, they're all in the process right now of learning a new offense under Pat Shermer. So Pat Shermer is a guy that's completely available. Coach Azani's completely available to him. So the mental part, the learning the playbook, that's coming along for each of these rookies however the on-field reps that's the problem area because look there's nothing they could do there's nothing that any of the players could do even if they wanted to get on the field and start running some of these concepts it would be very difficult to be able to do so because you can't really get together with anybody there are a lot of public places that are kind of closed off I know some of the workouts for football players on football fields those are still kind of open but it's hard to run something when you don't exactly know and you're not being coached about landmarks so these players more than likely they're going to continue strength training they're going to continue with the zoom meetings with their position coaches and then when NFL facilities get the all clear to open up then they'll get on the field with Drew Locke they'll get working on routes they'll be working on the playbook the terminology and then everything's going to go from there you're going to have your OTAs your mini camp maybe a little bit later than we expected I mean this was already supposed to be happening but due to the pandemic that has not been able to happen for anybody across the NFL. So it's not just affecting the Broncos, it's affecting 31 other NFL teams. So I think that while you have to learn from Zoom, it definitely presents another challenge because some guys are are visual, hands-on, conceptual learners. For me, that's how I always was. You know, playbooks are always great and all, but I like being able to to put, put myself out there on the football field to be able to learn it. And I think that's how a lot of these players are They're just ready to get back to work. And so they're keeping their minds right. They're keeping their bodies right. And certainly when they can get on the field, good things are going to happen. And so I think the Broncos have a lot to be excited about. Our next one comes in from Larry Hardrick. He says, is there any chance that Quinn Bailey or Calvin Anderson gets a shot to take over at left tackle? I don't think that you're going to see that necessarily be something. I don't think they have a shot this year to take over and beat out Garrett Bowles or Elijah Wilkinson. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think what's happening right now with Quinn Bailey and Calvin Anderson is they are those players that are waiting in the wings. They're developing. And look, if the Broncos at some point maybe want to part ways with Jawan James down the road, if something doesn't work out between them, if they want to part ways with Garrett Bowles after the 2020 NFL season, certainly that's the likely scenario. When you look at the history of players whose fifth year's options have been declined by a team, it's rare that they ever get an extension after that. So it's going to be a big season for Garrett Bowles. Elijah Wilkinson just had a little bit of a scope procedure not too long ago to clean out some of the scar tissue in his ankle. He's going to be ready for training camp. Uh, if it were going to happen at the time that they have it planned, that's the expectation for him. Same thing with Juwan James. He's all good to go. I don't think those guys are going to be really competing to take over in 2020 to be one of those 
guys, but I do believe that they can make a push to be a significant, maybe a backup, you know, like a right tackle two or a left tackle two. I think that's something to keep an eye. But yes, I mean, I I like what I've been hearing about Calvin Anderson. They say that he's one of those guys that's soaking everything up like a sponge with Mike Munchak and Coach Cooper. So more than likely, we could see him at some point. We're going to see a lot of him in the NFL preseason portion of the season. You know, hopefully we can get to that. I mean, we know that there's a tentative schedule but everything's depending on our society and how things open up as a whole. But yes, keep an eye on them in training camp, but definitely not to take over the entire you know offensive line at those positions. I don't think that they're going to start at all. Probably not in the next two or three years. They could have a chance to do just that. Our next question comes in from my man Drake Ricard. He says, thoughts on who will be the next cornerback to step up in that cornerback two spot? You know, and so for me, I always like to label cornerback one, cornerback two, cornerback three, just kind of as the outside is cornerback one to the field side. Your slot guy is going to be cornerback two. And then at cornerback three is going to be your other outside guy. Look, you know, Bryce Callahan, I think, is is the favorite to come in. But look, don't sleep on Duke Dawson. If you guys heard our Sunday special with Mario Vitanzi, we think that uh, Duke Dawson could be special for this Broncos team. I did a film review on him on the YouTube channel, Cody Work NFL. I like what I saw from Duke, and he provided a dynamic for the Broncos. You know, he's, he's a versatility guy. He is that Swiss Army knife. He can cover the slot. He can cover tight ends. He can cover tailbacks out of the backfield. He could also be one of those guys that if you need to drop back and play safety, he can do it, and he's effective at it, and he's a good tackler. So keep an eye on Duke Dawson. Uh, between him and Bryce Callahan inside the slot, I think that's going to be a little bit of a position battle you see. Bryce Callahan could also play on the outside. So you could see A.J. Boye as one of the guys on the outside. Callahan could be one of those other guys on the outside. And then Duke Dawson could be your nickel guy. I mean, that's just really a possibility that could be floated out on how things could play out. So, uh, Drake, my friend, all the way in Hawaii, hope you and your family are well. I appreciate you always jumping in here on the text message line, 303-529-6323. Two, three. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to continue our Mailbag Monday coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, i got to remind you guys, check out the Lockdown NFL Podcast, hosted by Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock. Every single day, they bring you a lot of the inside information. Right now, unfortunately, you got a lot of stuff going on with players off the football field. What does Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock have to say about that? And is there any timeline? Because the NFL, Roger Goodell, just sent out a memo outlaying a timeline about a potential reopening process of NFL facilities. You could see NFL teams getting back to work this week, but are coaches and players allowed to do that? Listen to Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock to find out today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a look at our text message line here. Mailbag Monday. We'll continue on. Next one comes in from J.J. Jackson. He says, do you think that the Broncos might consider moving Isaac Adam to safety? No. That's not going to happen. We answered that a little bit on the Sunday special with Mario Vitanzi. Isaac Adam is a guy that's going to be a cornerback. He's going to be one of those guys. Look, you know, he, he's got some of those size issues. He's six foot one. Look, and it's rare for us to be able to say a six foot one corner size issues. You know, Yadam is a technical guy. He's smart. That's why the Broncos were invested in him. He's played young. He's made some mistakes. That's what the Broncos coaching staff wants to see. They want to evaluate him as he goes. How does he respond? He had the struggles early on in 2019. He responded really well, got inserted back into the starting lineup after other cornerbacks were struggling, and he really came in and worked his tail off in practice, impressed Vic Fangio, impressed Ed Donatel, and put on a pretty good performance at the end of the 2019 season. Obviously, with all the moves at the cornerback position, the guys that they have there right now, 
there's going to be competition all across the board overall for all these cornerbacks. So Isaac Yadam is not going to move to safety. They've got Trey Marshall. They've got Douglas Coleman as an undrafted free agent to possibly look at. Kareem Jackson. They also have uh, Elijah Holder who made the transition from cornerback to safety. And then they have Justin Simmons. It is not going to happen. Yadam is not going to be a safety, ladies and gentlemen. Drew Welch is up next. He says, what is the most likely position which the Broncos would seek to bolster up with a remaining free agent? Any chance at all they would pick up a starter quality free agent or just depth? Not at this point. I think they already did that. They did that with Christian Covington. At this point in time, the Broncos are not actively looking to make any kind of moves right now on the team. The 90-man roster limit is already set. They're at the 90-man roster limit as of today. Now, if there is a move where they release a guy or wave a couple players, then certainly you can almost anticipate they're going to be bringing other players in. But at this point in time, there is not any kind of speculation that the team is looking to bring anybody in at this point in time. So, uh, yes, definitely. Great question, Drew. Thank you for that. But at this point in time, the team is not looking to make any kind of moves. Uh, the next one comes in from our good friend Frank Soldano. He says, who goes into camp as the starters at each of the wide receiver positions? What does Garrett Bowles have to do to earn a new contract? And what will the D-line rotation look like? This is a great question, Frank. You know, I think that the one guy that's really penciled in at wide receiver right now is Cortland Sutton as the number one wide receiver. He's going to be your outside guy. And the thing about Cortland, he can play outside, he can play inside. And I think we're going to see a lot of utilization of that with Cortland Sutton. However, I do think that uh, guys like K.J. Hamler, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, Fred Brown, you know, Deontay Spencer's in that mix, Tyree Cleveland, They're going to enter, and they're all going to be competing for a roster spot on the depth chart at the wide receiver position. Ideally, you'd think that your wide receiver two would be Jerry Judy. Wide receiver three in the slot would more than likely be a K.J. Hamler and then, you know, a Tim Patrick on the outside. You know, I I think that the depth chart, the wide receiver one, two, and three often gets overlooked. The reality is in the NFL, a lot of teams will rotate wide receivers. You have your key starters, Cortland Sutton, Everybody behind your number one wide receiver usually is just a rotation guy, or if they play a solid role on the outside or on the inside, they'll be the number two guy, and then everybody behind the wide receiver two position will rotate in accordingly. That's what we saw the Broncos do in 2019. I think that's what we're going to see them do going into the 2020 NFL season. And in terms of what Garrett Bulls has to do to earn a new contract, he's got to play really well. I mean, he's probably going to have the best year of his career as a Denver Bronco, minimize penalties, and obviously you don't want to give up any sacks. And he's been pretty good in the department of not giving up sack uh, and also not giving up a lot of quarterback hits. He's always one of those guys that does that. But if he can have a great year from a technical standpoint, error-free, I think he could be in line for a contract extension. However, as I mentioned earlier, it's very hard and it's very rare that an NFL team will extend a player if they decline his fifth-year option. It just gives them the flexibility to be able to do so if that's something that they would like to. So I think for Bulls, he's got to play a really, really good season, probably a career year for him at the left tackle position, which is a hard position. It's a cornerstone position for many NFL franchises. What will the D-line rotation look like? Uh, Outside of that, look, I think you're going to see a combination of Draymond Jones, Shelby Harris, and Jarrell Casey. As I mentioned, I think the Broncos' pass rush package could be Jarrell Casey at the uh, the nose tackle position. I think you see Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones at the defensive end positions. Keep an eye on McTelvin Ajim. Look, even Demarcus Walker still is, is in the running to compete for a roster spot here for the Broncos. And he had a pretty impressive 2019 before having that shoulder injury. And then we saw the rise of Draymond Jones. So it's really hard to gauge what the true rotation will be like. But I do think that they're going to rotate quite a few guys out there. And they believe that the guys that they have in the defensive line room with Coach Bill Kalar 
is depth. They, they're loaded with young talent, and they have different options, guys that are flexible. They can play inside, they can play outside, and that bodes well for a defense when you look at the grand scheme of things, and you've got to be able to get pressure on quarterbacks. I think they're going to play around with that in camp. What is their best package? Who are the best players that give them the ability to rush the passer from the interior while allowing your pass rushers like Von Miller and Bradley Chubb to eat off on the outside? I think that's going to be very critical for the Denver Broncos in 2020. And our last couple ones that we're going to get into here come in from Denver Gator. He says, what distinguishes Vic Fangio's scheme from other defenses? And are there any other coaches imitating or running a similar scheme? This is uh, something you commonly see, you know, when you look at the 3-4 defense. And also, I think a lot of NFL defenses now, you look at some base packages. Some of their base packages are nickel packages. The Broncos, towards the end of the season, they played a lot of the nickel but uh, primarily the base package is a 3-4. You've got your defensive end, your defensive tackle, your defensive end, and your two outside backers. And then you got your two inside backers, four defensive backs. Your nickel package, you have five defense backs. So you have corner, corner, safety, safety, inside slot cover guy. That is the nickel package. And if you have two of those guys covering inside the slot and your two safeties, your two corners, we call that a dime package. So really it's just about personnel. You know, a lot of NFL teams disguise it. A lot of teams run nickel. A lot of teams run base. Depends on a 4-3 scheme, a 3-4 scheme, a 4-2-5, but usually the theme about a too-high safety look where you're showing two safeties almost showing as if they're covering deep halves, you're going to see that pre-snap. Once the ball snap, you're going to see one of those safeties roll down to the strong side or match up in man coverage. It really just depends on the formation, but a lot of it is a lot of defenses have similar looks, but... The terminology, the landmarks, and how they do things philosophically, I think, are all different. So for Vic Fangio, his experience is predicated off of getting pressure on quarterbacks, having really good inside linebackers, and having a secondary that can take the ball away. That's what really sets Vic Fangio's defense out, I think, from a lot of other defenses in the NFL because it's not a, a question of talent. I mean, if you're playing in the NFL, if you're a starter on defense, you're talented. I mean, you're that's the 1%, right? But it's about how you utilize the players in your scheme. And so for Vic Fangio, he understands the strengths of his players, and I think that's what bodes well in, in terms of transitioning into success for his defenses that we've seen historically across the National Football League. So great question there, my friend. Last one we have here is from Ryan Newman. He says a lot has been said about Shermer wanting to use more spread formations and drafting Judy and Hamler would suggest that. However, we signed a new tight end as well as drafting one to go with Noah Fant. How do you see the team utilizing both positions this season? I think there's flexibility in the tight end position H-back position here for Pat Shermer's offense. We saw Evan Ingram sometimes line up as an inline tight end, but a lot of times we see him flexed out as a wing. We'd see him flexed out as a wide receiver in the slot or on the outside. I think you get the flexibility of doing that with guys like Noah Fan. You can flex him out. You can use him as a wing. You can line him up outside one-on-one. You can do a variety of different things with him and a guy like Albert Okwebenham. I think Nick Vanette is more of a run blocker. I think in run blocking situations, you'll probably see a lot more Nick Vanette. I just don't know how much they're going to utilize him in the passing game. And so I think that in terms of wide receivers, tight ends, uh, you know, that same philosophy that Vic Fangio uses defensively, interchangeable rules, being able to do a little bit of both. I think that's exactly what they need in that tight end room for guys like Albert O, Noah Fant, and obviously Nick Vanette, who they signed. And I think if they go with a four tight end, they got to be able to battle it out in training camp. And more than likely, they're not going to be active on game day. But ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for today's episode of the show. I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Mailbag Monday. Tomorrow we've got Eric Dalala of the Denver Broncos, one of the co-hosts of the Broncos Audio Zone podcast. He's going to be jumping on here. We're going to talk about the wide receiver position. We're going to be talking about the defense because defense right now in the offseason, 
has not been getting a lot of talk. We're going to talk about that on tomorrow's jam-packed episode of the show. Just want to give a special shout-out to our good friends over there at Built Bar, where you can get $10 off your first box today by going to BuiltBar.com using promo code LOCKEDON. That's just one word, LOCKEDON, to get $10 off your order today. We'll be back for a brand-new episode tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Cody Rourke, your host of Lockdown Broncos. I look forward to hearing from you and seeing you guys once again.